You've been listening to amazing music here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Coming up next, JM Sunday with Matis Weingast here at NahumSiegel.com.
morning, everyone, and welcome to JM Sunday right here on the Nachum Siegel Network. My name is Matis Weingast, and I am your host this morning on this uh, Sunday morning and uh, Rosh Chodesh morning. Rosh Chodesh Tishrei today, and well, Rosh Chodesh Cheshvan today and tomorrow. Today is the 30th of Tishrei. Tomorrow is the 1st of Cheshvan. And uh, it is October 15th here. Uh, tough weeks. Tough week only. <laughs> a week and a couple of days uh, since uh, the attack on Israel last Shabbos morning by uh, Hamas terrorists and uh, with the tremendous loss of, of life. And it's still very raw, of course. Things are very fluid. Things are moving. And uh, first and foremost, we pray for the safety of our soldiers in Israel and uh, for the families and the people in Israel, that they shall be safe and uh, that the mission to destroy the enemy will be successful, God willing, and um, won't have to deal with this again. And that is the hope, of course, that we've all been praying for this week and we continue to pray for as things move along. Uh, at uh, 8 o'clock, I expect to be joined by Hannah Julian for an update on what's going on in Israel with the news from Israel in English, live. And uh, might have another guest on to discuss what's going on. We'll see what happens with that. Uh, but in the meantime, we're here until 9 o'clock, under, just under two hours. And uh, we're going to be playing uh, mostly slow-ish music, thoughtful music, uh, and uh, move along there. Rabbi Goldwasser has some uh, wonderful words, I'm sure, coming up at 7.30. We'll have wonderful words coming up at 7.30 with morning chizik in about half an hour. It is, uh, if you're studying Dafyomi, it's Kedushin Samach Gimel, 63. And uh, the temperature outside right now is 51 degrees, going up to a high of 63, partly cloudy, and then uh, a low of 49 degrees overnight in Jerusalem right now. The report is that it is 66 degrees and partly cloudy and going down to 60 degrees. We'll get a more detailed uh, weather forecast from Hannah Julian also when she uh, joins us. So we're going to go right to the music. Uh, we're going to be playing a number of selections, uh, a number of versions, I should say, of Yehi HaChodesh throughout the morning. I think about six of them we, we got together. So we're going to start off with the Shlaimi Dax's version of Yehi HaChodesh from the Avinu album. Thank you for joining us right here on JM Sunday on the Nachum Siegel Network. <laughs> Oh, 
הרגש הזה, כי נבואה צריך איזה, להישמע בבעיה זה, כל סוסוין וכל שמחו, יהי החודש הזה, כי נבואה צריך איזה, להישמע Ni 
אני עבדך, במרמסך, פליטת הלב העושה עירי. או, כי אני, כי אני עבדך, במרמסך, פליטת הלב העושה עירי. או, כי אני עבדך, במרמסך. Anashe Thank <laughs> Thank 
So 
ירושלים. תדבק לשוני, אוי לחיקי, אם לא אזכרכי. אם אשכחך ירושלים,
Fisher with Imesh Kachech Yerushalayim. Before that, Shei Barna Beit Hamikdash. Also, by Dudu Fisher, Benny Friedman, Anna Hashem, uh, Reb Michael Nadata joined us with uh, Anna Hashem, and Shlomi Dax. Before that, with Yehi Hakodesh, because today is Rosh Chodesh, one of two days of Rosh Chodesh Cheshvan. Today is the thirtieth of Tishrei. Tomorrow, the first of Cheshvan. And of course, we started off with Moda Ani by Regesh. We're here with you on uh, on JM Sunday. Glad you could join us uh, in the next half hour. We're also going to be presenting mostly slow music, um, just given the mood around around the Jewish world. I felt we could uh, we should do that. But the Hiachodish, some of them might be a little bit faster. Uh, Juan and Julian coming up uh, in about half an hour. We'll get the latest of what's going on in Israel. And uh, at this time, each and every Sunday through Thursday, we present to you Rabbi David Goldwasser, Rabbi Goldwasser's words, are Lezecha Nishmas Harzev, and Rabbi Yosef Alevi, and Lezecha Nishmas Esther Bas Rabbi Yosef Alevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. Concerning our current situation, the Rambam writes, Mitzvah Semina Torah, Lizoik Olariya Bachatsoitzros, Al Koltsara Shatavala Tzibor. It's a positive commandment to cry out to Hashem in the event of any great distress that affects our community. That crying out is a cry through prayer, a cry through tshuva. The Rambam tells us, that we have to be sensitive to make sure that there is no apathy, that every response is one that is directly from the heart. A man dressed in traditional Hasidic clothing came to the home of the great rabbi of Kharkov. He pleaded with the rabbi's attendant. He needed an urgent meeting with the tzaddik. It was arranged. The man soon found himself standing in front of the holy Cherkover. The Chassid explained that his son had been summoned by the draft board. He was going to be enlisted into the Austrian army. If he passed the examination, he would immediately be drafted. His chances of survival would be very slim. The Chassid pleaded with the Rebbe to pray on his behalf that he should fail the test in order to be exempt from the draft. After listening closely, the Tzaddik closed his eyes and seemed deep in thought. He then asked the man to repeat his request. The chassid complied and told the Rebbe once again about the circumstances and what he was requesting. The tzaddik closed his eyes again. After a few moments, he asked the man to repeat his request a third time. This happened another two times. At that point, the great Rebbe of Charkov jumped up he reprimanded the chassid. You are so selfish. You're not showing any appreciation to the Austrian government. They have been generous to the Jewish people. They guard our safety. They guard our rights to live as Jewish citizens. They don't demand additional taxes from us. And they've assisted us over the years. How can you think of avoiding the obligation to serve in the army? You should show your appreciation to the government. And in fact, your son should be inducted into the army. Leave immediately. You are ungrateful. The man left quite disappointed and upset. 
everyone who heard about this was shocked. They couldn't imagine why the Chuk of Rebbe had ordered the man to repeat his request so many times and why he was so severely rebuked. The explanation was not long in coming. It happened to be that a month later, the Rebbe of Chukov received a commendation from the Austrian government. He was awarded a medal of recognition for his patriotism. Apparently the Chassid who had requested the audience was nothing more than an undercover agent. The government had been informed that the Rebbe was a traitor and that the agent had been sent to verify the accusation. Upon his return to his superiors, the agent reported that on the contrary, the Chukover had expressed exceptional devotion and allegiance to the government. The entire community was amazed that the Chukover had been able to discern the true identity of this individual who visited him. However, the great Chukover Rebbe protested. He said, it was not a matter of Ruach HaKodesh. Rather, the man's deception was very clear when he repeated his request countless times without emotion in a calm and collected manner. If his request was so meaningful and critical to him, his passion, his intensity should have increased each time that he had to repeat the details of his request to the Chuk of Rebbe. When we pray at this critical time, we have to recite our tefillos with great passion and emotion, each tefillah increasing in intensity. Bez Hashem, we will now shake the Shari Shamayim, the Shari Tfilos. It will bring victory to Eretz Yisrael, and all of the hostages will be brought home safely. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser, bringing you morning chizik. Besuros Tavos, Yeshuas, Venechamos.
הראש הזה, כן נבואה צריך חייזה, וישמה בבייסה, כל סוסי וכל שמחה. החודש הזה, כן נבואה צריך חייזה, וישמה בבייסה, כל סוסי וכל שמחה.
Let's see. 
Before that, Ari Goldwag, Yoel Sharabi, Avrami Flam, and Manucha with uh, Yehi HaChodesh. Today is, of course, Rosh Chodesh, Cheshvan, today and tomorrow. And uh, today is the 30th of Tishrei, tomorrow 1st of Cheshvan. I'm glad you all could join us this morning. Much appreciated. It's been a very difficult week. And uh, right now, top of the hour, it's time for our newsroom, Israel. Hannah Julian, Middle East news analyst and senior correspondent at JewishPress.com, joins us Sunday mornings to bring us up to date on the latest happenings in the state of Israel. Good morning, Hannah Julian. Good morning, Matis. It's, uh, it's a little busy here. Uh, as you already know, the Iranian-backed terrorist in Gaza invaded Israel last Shabbat, which was also Simchat the terrorists slaughtered hundreds of Israelis living in villages along the Gaza border. They committed unspeakable atrocities, which I'm not going to detail here. The videos are online. It was posted on which is formerly Twitter by the Israeli government after a great deal of debate because what they did, what the terrorists did, was so terribly depraved, and it is just that important for the world to see it since. Hamas is out there trying to deny uh, some of the atrocities. The post does. Personally, I strongly urge viewers not to open the video unless there's a really, really good reason to see what took place. Here are the latest numbers from the Israeli government. More than 1,400 Israelis are dead. More than 3,500 more are wounded. More than 120 people were kidnapped by Hamas and are now being held captive in Gaza. It is not clear are still alive. But in addition to men, women, babies, and babies. 
More than 6,600 rockets have been fired into Israel in the past week. The Israeli government has decided to wipe out Hamas, which is operating as the Iranian proxy south of our border, and to permanently eliminate the group's military and administrative capability. Gaza rockets have been fired at civilians since the start of this conflict, which Israel has named the Iron Swords War, or Swords of Iron War. The Hamas rockets have reached as far north as Haifa, which tells you how advanced their weaponry now is in Gaza. And they've also reached as far east as Beit She'an, Jerusalem, Gush Etzion, and even to the northeastern negative city of Arad. In the north, Iran's Lebanese proxy, Hezbollah, appears to be joining the effort, and it appears that we will see a second front open up. The IDF has fought ongoing skirmishes with Hezbollah all week long. This morning, an Israeli man in his 40s was killed uh, in an attack by the terrorist organization on the northern border. Uh, an anti-tank missile was fired at uh, Moshav Shatula. It scored a direct hit. The Moshav is uh, along the northern border in the Galil. Two men in their 40s were also seriously injured, and a fourth man sustained minor wounds. Israeli forces returned fire, and they are still striking targets in southern Lebanon at this hour. GPS is being disrupted up north as well. It's not yet clear why, but the problem is affecting some of the cell phone apps that uh, that broadcast the red alert incoming rocket sirens on that situation and use alternative methods to find out what's going on. In the south, the border city of Derot is currently being evacuated. Barely one-third of the city's residents remain at this point, and least 60% of those residents fled the city already last week, leaving about 13,000. The city has a total population of about 25,000. The uh, U.S. helped broker a deal yesterday between Israel and Egypt to allow American citizens uh, to cross the Rafa crossing from Gaza into Egypt. But Egypt has foiled the deal. They claim that they cannot allow a few foreigners out and not allow humanitarian aid in for the Palestinians who are stuck in Gaza. That refusal, which was confirmed by three officials and in an announcement on state television, has blocked the latest U.S. push to evacuate any of the 500 or more Americans in Gaza who still want to leave through the southern borders uh, crossing with Europe, uh, sorry, with Egypt. In a televised speech, Ismail Khania, the president of the Hamas Political Bureau, praised Egypt for not allowing people to leave Gaza. It appears that Egypt is uh, very, very subtly joining the Hamas terrorist effort against Israel and uh, collaborating with Hamas to use its citizens as human shields and cannon fodder. Uh, a quick look now at the weather. 
Uh, in Jerusalem, we have, actually in most of Israel, we have partly sunny skies today. The highs are around 70. In some places, it's in the mid-60s. It's good weather for fighting, uh, unfortunately, but it is. It's really great weather for fighting. However, there's some rain up in the north. Tomorrow, we're going to see rain probably across the country. The high will be in the low 70s. Uh, Tuesday, partly cloudy. Wednesday, sunny, we hope. Thursday, the rain comes back. We have soldiers on the northern border who are having to contend with poor visibility because of that rain and uh, naturally having to get wet as a result. I've had at least one request from uh, a soldier who cannot be named, but who's up on the northern border asking for long black rain ponchos. So um, I'm not yet sure where those donations can be made. I will get that information. There are other items that need to be donated as well, particularly medical supplies. Uh, that information is on the jewishpress.com website. Again, for donations, particularly of medical equipment, uh, take a look at the jewishpress.com website. Uh, here's hoping for a victorious week, a quick end to the fighting, the total elimination of uh, Hamas and of any enemy of the state of Israel and the people of Israel and safety and clarity for all of our nation. Amen. Amen. Yeah, before can I keep you for another minute uh, before you give your uh, yeah your take? Yeah, it's, it's I'm sure you're living there, so it's you know uh, um, yeah, extremely difficult to say the least. Uh, and reporting what goes on is uh, I'm sure you know it. it, it it brings it up again every time that you have to make a report on it because you're not just thinking about it. You're also, you know, reporting it. So we appreciate very much your being able to convey all the information. Um, what we see here, you know, on a number of different fronts, if you will, we do see that there is a tremendous amount of unity uh, in in the state of Israel right now uh, with, with everyone coming together. Unfortunately, you know, this brings it. Is it please assure me and assure us that that is the correct perception we're seeing now, that there is this tremendous amount of unity. Oh, yeah, unity. that's 100%. That's 100% true, Matt. You would not believe uh, just how fast and just how intensely the unity came together. This, But it's always that way, you know? It's yeah. always that way. No matter what kind of fighting goes on here between the various groups, no matter... How fierce even, and this was, you know, this whole thing about the government, not the government, the judicial, that was really fierce right up until someone threatened us. Right. And it's always like that. And, and it's interesting because there are a lot of people who, you know, uh, don't know really what, what goes on in Israel and just like to make comments and, and as if they know what's, what's happening. And, and they will complain. Let's say they don't like the current uh, government. They don't like uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu or whatever. And they say, oh, you know, if if he weren't there, this wouldn't have happened, etc. And, and they don't realize that this, yeah. this would have happened no matter Garbage. what. And no matter who, <laughs> I said an official, uh, you know, they've been, <laughs> term of it. they've been planning. But of course. They've been planning 
this operation for more than a year. Right. And and and, and when they started planning it, Netanyahu was not the prime minister. Right, right. And I, and as the point I was making, it was that, a wall to it was a wall to wall unity government. Right. And and I think that um, what what people don't understand is, no matter who the prime minister would have been, even the mo the more to the right, more to the left, that, that doesn't matter. This. Um, this need to destroy the enemy would would still be there and would be taking place. It would have to. You know what? President Biden said it best, and his words were echoed by the Secretary of State, Blinken, and then again by Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin. And the fact of the matter is simply this. The the organization Hamas, the terrorist organization Hamas, exists solely for the purpose of annihilating the state of Israel and destroying the Jewish people. And it states that specifically in its charter. But I have to tell you, um, for the record, that um, the bodies of the dead terrorists that were finally... Um, finally killed in the villages along the Gaza border. They found ISIS flags mm -hmm. from Islamic State, mm -hmm. and they found Al-Qaeda and ISIS war manuals. All right, right. Uh, last question before I, so, before I let you go. Uh, are, okay. Are we uh, pretty sure, is the government pretty sure that there are no longer any terrorists within Israel itself at this time? Is, is everything cleared out? We are not sure of that. No. no, we are not sure of that at all. There have been infiltrations. We have infiltration alerts still on a regular basis. We are pretty sure that most of the villages are now clear, but one of the reasons that they have evacuated the villages along the Gaza border, they're now evacuating evacuating. Oh, it is precisely for that reason because they're going they're going house to house. They have to go building to building, room to room, right. to make sure that they get every single last chair, including the ones by the way there are terrorists still hiding in in areas with a lot of vegetation, particularly where there are dates because they can survive on them mm. and water. Interesting. Interesting. It's not so simple over here. Right. Okay. They just set up a four-kilometer buffer zone for the same reason. Right, right, right. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing that information with us and, and the entire news. Uh, hopefully next week's uh, report will have uh, successful outcomes to report and, you know, more safety within Israel. God willing. Uh, thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, now, now you can do your tag. <laughs> okay. This is Hannah Julian for Jan Sunday. <laughs> That's our news from Israel. Uh, I'm glad we can laugh a little bit at these things, but not at what's going on. That's our news from Israel. Thank you, Hannah Julian. We'll see you next week right here on JM Sunday, exclusively on the Nachum Siegel Network. We're going to get back to the music for a moment, and then we're going to be connecting with another special guest right here 
on JM Sunday on the Nachum Siegel Network. special guest with us here on uh, JM Sunday on the Nachum Siegel Network, the one and only Mr. Nachum Siegel. Good morning, Nachum. Matas, good morning to you. Thanks so much for another great live edition of JM Sunday. Much appreciated. Thank you. Especially the uh, connection that uh, you give us at the beginning of the week to Israel with the newscast, etc. Big thank you for that. Yeah, I was just uh, talking with Hannah Julian, and, and one of the things I mentioned to her, which I would apply, of course, to you also, is you know, I mean, she's living there, but we all feel of what's going on in Israel, but then you have to report it. Then you have to go through it, and then you have to analyze it, and then you have to think about it even more. And uh, you had great programming this past week talking to people, but I'm, I'm sure it's doubly difficult. Oh, it's difficult. And frankly, uh, for people like me and you who have vivid memories as youngsters of the Yom Kippur War, mm-hmm. And I keep thinking about the aftermath of the Yom Kippur War. And I don't mean the aftermath, meaning months or years later. I'm talking about the immediate weeks after the war started. You and I remember clearly how Israel emergency campaigns were at the forefront of so much American Jewish activity. Um, It was a much different world in terms of travel to Israel, although I have to mention that our late great friend Mayor Weingarten and his family flew Motzai Yom Kippur to Israel to be there for Sukkot and to show solidarity. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's a major difference, and I, I pointed that out this week, and it hit me again this morning, which I'll share with you in a moment. But uh, the major difference is, uh, is very clear. Jews in the diaspora had very little connection to the IDF 50 years ago. And um, now it seems all of us have either uh, sons, daughters, nieces, nephews, grandchildren. Everybody's got somebody in the Army. That's the bottom line. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, uh, and and I keep discovering this over and over and over. It's, it's astounding to me, even even in neighborhoods in the United States that are not known for being hubs of Aliyah, where people did not go in droves compared to certain communities over the last 20 years to move to Israel and to make it a big initiative and to and to bring their families there. E- e- any Everybody, even the smallest Jewish communities, have children, grandchildren, nieces, nephews, relatives, certainly friends. And the IDF, that's in addition to the fact that the world is so different now. There's so many Israelis who live part-time or full-time outside of Israel. And you see how so many of them have already left the United States and other countries to go back to Israel. So it's a completely different dynamic. And it's certainly, in my opinion, has made the world much smaller and has made it all much closer to home for all of us. Right. There's there's something. No, I just wanted to share one thing with you. We yeah. and I apologize for interrupting, no, but you'll no, appreciate please. this. You know, I'm, I'm I'm in shul this morning, and there are um, a couple of women who who you know, um, kudos to them. They feel that the best way to daven is with a congregation. So they come, and today's Rosh Chodesh, of course. They were there, and you know one of them, and you're related to one of them. And uh, she points out to me after davening that her nephew's in a pretty precarious position right now. Not God forbid. It wasn't part of the abduction or anything. I'm just saying, in terms of fighting, he's in a very difficult situation now in the state of Israel. His family doesn't know where he is and what he's supposed to be doing uh, and what he's assigned to do. And and, and these are very—and and imagine, you know, his aunt is sitting here, like like all of us who are concerned about our relatives and friends. And, you know, it's just—you you don't know what to do with yourself. So I think that that's a, um, a, an, extra, um, a, an extra piece— to this entire scenario, which has made the diaspora Jews feel even more connected to what's going on in Israel. Right. Uh, that's a very good point. And uh, with with social media, with the prevalence of just regular media being able to see things in almost uh, real time uh, is, is, you know, good in a way, but uh, it can be very difficult to try to watch a news cycle or hear a news cycle and uh, not really being able to figure out what's what's true, what's not true, what's happening this minute, what rumor is occurring. Uh, somebody asked me about what's going on uh, during the week. They asked me, you know, what's going on, what's the latest? And I said, I don't know, I'll let you know tomorrow after I hear, you know, after I hear what's been reported over the last 24 hours. Then I can, you know, get an idea of what's accurate and what's not accurate. When people listen to your show in the morning, and they can, or wherever they are, whatever time it is, uh, they can get a sense of of a broader understanding of what's happened over the last twenty four hours, let's say, uh, and and that's extremely important. I think more important than listening to the news, you know, a whole day trying to get a little piece of a snippet of what's been going on, and and then just finding out, well, that's not accurate, and it's it, that can be very disconcerting, very disheartening, and very depressing. Yeah, accuracy is a, is certainly something that would be welcome. Nobody really knows what the story is, um, and you keep hearing reports of all different types, and nobody knows what to believe. Right. Whether it's whether it's from the taking out of Hamas leaders, or whether it's um, uh, or whether it's um, uh, operations that are being carried out in Gaza and the level and measure of success. You just don't know. I mean, right. nobody really knows. And, and, and people, <laughs> I, I don't know if you get the same thing, but <laughs> I'm surrounded 
by, and I'm not talking about immediate family. I'm talking about people I, I see and come in contact with. I'm surrounded with so many military generals. I mean, it, <laughs> of course. It, is unbelievable. It, it is unbelievable how many people have information from the CIA and have heard that, uh, <laughs> that Egypt did this, and Jordan did this. And I'm saying to myself, like, I don't know. Sometimes it's better not to say anything. But anyway, yeah, right. and, and you know what? The, there was another uh, point. Uh, but yeah. if, I, if I just tie into that, and, and I, I know people might get upset at me. You know what? You don't have to know, okay? You don't have to know everything that's going on right now. It's, it's, it, you'll find out. It, it's important for Israel to know what's going on, obviously, meaning, meaning the government, meaning the army. It's important that they are doing what they're doing and that they know what they're doing. Not, not for us to know. I mean, Hannah Julian reported this morning that um, there was a brokerage between America and Egypt about allowing about 500 Americans through a safe corridor in, in the south of Gaza for Americans that are in Gaza. Not the hostages, but those who work there, I guess, and, and do whatever they do there. And then Egypt said, no, we're not going to do it because if, um, if, if, we, if you don't let humanitarian aid in, then we're not going to let people cross through out. Okay, maybe that's that's correct as of now. Who knows? But you know, like like you said, we we don't really know what's going on totally. So I'm sorry. The only thing I'll say about that is that Mm -hmm. uh, it does seem, from the video evidence, that they really they have not touched that border. That that uh, Rafa crossing has remained. Uh, completely locked at the moment. Yes. That's what it seems. <laughs> and that's Egypt doing it, not Israel. Yeah. <laughs> it's Hamas telling their people, don't you dare move. And, and well, I have a couple of things to add to that and what you said, but I'll, I'll wait until you're done. I mean, that's your next point. I was going to say, I'm getting a little, a little tired of the, um, of the fascination that uh, mainstream media has with the way Jews suffered and were brutally mutilated mm-hmm. and savagely destroyed uh, uh, this past Shabbos, meaning eight days ago. Yeah. I'm, I'm getting a little tired of it, frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it seems to me that they uh, that they have devoted um, a, 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 an inordinate amount of time to those stories. I guess they're ratings grabbers, so why not? Right. Um, anytime Jews suffer, all of a sudden I'm sure ratings go up. Yeah. Um, and the other thing I wanted to say was what? I forgot already. Sorry. Um, no, nothing. You didn't have to apologize. I um, I think that, look, I mean, our purpose is is quite simple. We're trying to, number one, give people a, a, a feeling of what life is like right now in Israel. And secondly, we're trying to um, you know, give people good recommendations where to send money and who to support. I mean, these efforts, to, like Ravi Moan's effort to, get, you know, protective equipment for the soldiers. And I'm not minimizing, you know, the food drives and, and basic necessities. I get all that, but boy, right. the, uh, the basic equipment that they're in need of, that he's, uh, you know, spearheading that campaign. And that campaign, by the way, has been named for the Perez family, who are still uh, our good friend of their own parents and his family are still waiting for uh, word about their son. They have not heard anything since last Shabbos. Mm-hmm. He was a tank commander. He's a tank commander in the Israeli army, and he was uh, stationed with his crew in Gaza. And none of the crew, or none of the crew, has been heard from, or any information about them. So again, somebody I'm not related to, but somebody who's a good friend, somebody who's been on the show a million times, and somebody whose family is now suffering in the same way that so many other families in Israel are suffering right now. So if we could bring some of that to people and remind people that uh, even with all these unity gatherings and 
wonderful events, which are fantastic. Uh, the, the most important thing that's got to be on everyone's mind is those who've been abducted, those who are being held, the men, women, children are being held by Hamas in Gaza. I mean, I, I don't know if any of the Israeli officials have any type of strategy. Maybe they do. I have no idea. I hope they do. I've had to deal with that situation, but my God, how I pray that they are able to somehow rescue them alive. Also, I'm surprised, by the way, and this is just a, an observation, which, again, really doesn't need to be made for another couple of months, probably. I'm a little surprised at how many American Jews are still backing Prime Minister Netanyahu. I, I thought it was outrageous that, that, you know, that he led a government that became so arrogant and so uh, ill-prepared for this. And I would think most of the anger would be directed at him. I don't know if you're getting the same feeling, but I'm getting the feeling that, that there's not a lot of anger being directed specifically at him, which is surprising to me, especially with the history of the state of Israel and the way people um, you know, lay blame at the feet of prime ministers who make terrible blunders. So that's something to watch, obviously, not, not to discuss in depth right now. I'm almost surprised about it. I'm not sure if you're getting the same feeling. Well, I don't know how— uh... After the Yom Kippur War, obviously the government changed. I mean, that was you know they, they sure. blamed the government uh, there also. But I I don't recall the details uh, in the days after the war and the weeks after the war uh, as to as to what was said. I I would have to look back in the media to see how quickly that blame game came. But also don't forget that in the Yom Kippur War, thank God Israel was able to turn it around rapidly. And uh, you know, had had the enemy cowering for for quite a time. Once it was able to react, um, right. I mean, how how close were they to to Damascus? If, if I remember right, wasn't that a? They basically surrounded one of the armies. Was it the Syrian army uh, at that time? Yeah, uh, so, I, I hear you. This is just, this is just very different. Probably in a way more demoralizing. Uh, and the and the scope right. of the numbers of civilians who've been killed is unbelievable. So, right. Right. yeah, I I get it that leadership in any you know war disaster is going to be questioned and certainly, um, and certainly criticized. But that's why I'm saying that the scope of this one is so much greater to me. It, it, it just is. In terms of that I'm surprised he's surviving the way he is. But whatever. Well, we'll I don't happens. think at this point in time there would be any call for him to resign that would be that's met what's with. so funny i thought i thought last sunday night he'd be gone. i really thought they would start he'd, i really he'd I thought he'd resign. It's so well also don't forget i mean it's politics but it's important politics in this case that they formed a unity government pretty quickly right now whatever that right. means it, it means they're working together and for right, the opposition you. to you know bring up things at the time isn't going to happen now because they're right. part of the government so i get that and no, i hear you they gave him a chance and then he Right. And, and, uh, yeah, 100%. and I'm sure you've seen this also in the news reports and the people that come on to the um, to the news shows, even the ones that aren't particularly friendly to Israel in general, uh, at least for now, the siding is with Israel and the understanding of that. And of course, as soon as Israel goes in and the numbers go up and they have, you know, propaganda from the other side, then that's where they're, it's almost like they're waiting for that to happen to allow them to release what they really feel, uh, which is frustrating. But That's I will... why the military experts that I hang out with, 
you know, all are wondering, and this actually may be a legitimate question, you know, why they're waiting. I mean, I guess they have no choice. they got to prepare properly. But uh, you know what's going to happen. The more you wait, the, as you just said, the more of, you wait, the, of course. the more the criticism is start coming. Of course. I, I, I am not a general. I am not even a soldier. Um, but <laughs> I would imagine, and this is, uh, and I'll go into the point I was going to make um, in a, after this. Uh, we don't really know all that is involved in Gaza in terms of, you know, we've heard, we know that uh, the enemy puts its missiles in, in civilian populations, in mosques and hospitals and schools. We know that's happened. Uh, that's the tip of the iceberg. We know there are tunnels. I heard a report, which I think is pretty legitimate. Maybe you have a number on this, but I heard a report that there are approximately 310 linear miles of tunnel under Gaza. And, wow. and even though the area is 141 square miles, I believe, uh, roughly, the tunnels, I saw this report and saw somebody describing the tunnels. And I guess this was done, you know, even the last time when Israel uh, was able to, you know, get rid of some of those tunnels and bomb them. There are tunnels on top of tunnels. These are not just tunnels. And we know this. We've seen this. These are sophisticated tunnels, but not just tunnels. There are bunkers inside the tunnels. There are places for people to sleep. There are command centers with tunnels on top of tunnels on top of tunnels dug underneath residential areas and so on. And I don't know. I have no idea if specialized equipment is being used to try to track those tunnels, you know, sound equipment. I have no idea. I'm sure it's all being done. It's no secret. But they may be taking the time working with whatever partners they can work with to figure out as much as possible. Uh, yes, the 150 hostages that are there, it's going to be a very difficult situation no matter what. Uh, but oh, I, I can't even. Yeah. Like I say, I hope I hope I hope that the Israeli officials can develop some type of plan. Yeah, absolutely. And what I was going to lead into for a second is compared with the Yom Kippur time 50 years ago, we didn't see. I think, if I remember correctly, we did not see the anti-Israel and support of the enemy type protests that we're seeing now. The number of them. The, the, the vocalization, the preparedness of them. And I think that goes to, unfortunately, the brainwashing of, uh, of, of students, let's say, in colleges. And, and as you've talked about on the show with guests so many times over the years. And when something like this happens, they jump into the rhetoric that is taught to them, that's given to them. They're not thinking for themselves. I'm not excusing them at all, but they're not thinking for themselves. Uh, again, I heard a report the other day about looking at this um, this upsurge. You know, these schools, uh, the school groups that are pro-Hamas, pro-Palestinian. Uh, and, and by the way, an, an aside, I'm glad that I've heard more from the Israeli side now over the last couple of days where they're making the point that we're going after Hamas, not the Palestinians. And, and right. I think that's a little change, and it's important for people to understand. But anyway, getting back to this, you have the student, uh, what is it called, Student Justice for Palestine or something like that, yeah. which is on uh -huh. a lot of campuses. These are being funded by money from places like Hamas. These are not pop-up groups that suddenly have pre-printed signs that they were able to get at, at Staples or wherever. These are orchestrated. And... These students, like I said, pretty much brainwashed. I don't think they know what 
you know, everything that they, they don't know the history. I guarantee you they don't know, uh, you know, the history of even the area. But it's happening. And it's a danger that you've talked about and many people have talked about for so long. But obviously, it hasn't really uh, taken hold. And when something like this happens, they're out there. So, and I think a lot of our people, unfortunately, also students, don't know how to answer them. And that's unfortunate also, the level of education of understanding that. Yeah, and that's something someone pointed out to me that, that really needs to start in high school. It does. We need to we need to reach out to Jewish high school kids around this country and, and give them whether it's an app or some type of um, a course educating them about Israel because by the time they get to the college campus it might be too late. Yeah. I, uh, also I, I'd love to yeah. know, based on what you said earlier, <laughs> I don't know if anybody could do this research. I'd love to know when the first pro-Palestinian demonstration ever was in Times Square. I would really like to know that, mm. how long ago it started. That, I don't know. You're right. Somebody could check it out. And I saw another thing. I, I forgot who said it, but it was uh, either an Israeli, I don't know if it was an Israeli official. I don't think it was an Israeli official. I think it was an, uh, an author. But he was asked on, on uh, one of these stations that, I would, like I said, is not actually is a British station. And he was asked about the proportionality which is, you know, the, the great word that people use when they're in trouble. Uh, mm -hmm. the, the proportionality, and, and I think the commentator, there, the interviewer said something like, do you think, you know, compared with the citizens in Israel that were killed, now to go bomb uh, Gaza, you know, is that proportional when you're going to have so many killed? So this person answered, I thought really well. He said, "If this fascination with the term proportionality is ridiculous, and if you want to be proportional, then Israel would uh, go into, or any nation that was attacked this way, would go into Gaza and find a um, a music festival, which oh, you can't find because Hamas wouldn't allow it. You'd have to kill the people there. You'd have to do terrible things there. You'd then have to go into individual." areas and communities and cities in Gaza and take people out and do all the things that we've heard they've been doing. And, and that would be it. That would be proportionality. And he, you know, obviously was being sarcastic. He said, that's just ridiculous. It's that's th There's no proportionality here. The enemy did this. You need to wipe out the enemy. And, and it's, it, it's to us, it's as simple as that. Yeah, they don't get it. No. No, no. The world is so blinded by Jew hatred. It's amazing. Yeah. It really is amazing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, by the way, this conversation started because you had asked me about uh, my plans for this week. Yes. So at the moment, at the moment, I will be in the United States this week. We'll see if that changes at all. But at the moment, I will be here. And uh, we were just setting up. We, we literally are setting up this week's schedule as we speak. Mm -hmm. I'm going to work on that in the next couple of hours. We are going to feature plenty of people from Israel and plenty of people here who have important information regarding helping people in Israel, etc. Uh, so I do expect the week to be quite full, plus Malcolm Holmline on Friday is scheduled to be in Jerusalem, so that will oh. be an added bonus, and he'll be on the spot when he speaks to us then. So it's going to be a very active week. I hope people tune in. Again, I don't have any uh, set schedule yet or guess that will be appearing at specific times at the moment, but that will change, obviously, by tomorrow morning when our newsletter goes out. There will be a lot of that information in there. Good. And uh, just, you know, like you said, we hope that everybody is okay. We hope they get through this and... Um... Well, you know, yeah, think about more and more people that we know who have uh, 
who have friends, relatives, grandchildren, sons, nephews, uh, nieces, daughters in the Israeli army. It's unbelievable. Well, uh, (laughs) there's a good, I guess there's a silver lining on that, because you'd mentioned it before, the connection that we didn't have 50 years ago. But also, specifically, that's because of the tremendous aliyah that's happened in the last 50 years. Of course. and Of course it's because of a positive reason. It's just so, you know, it just... It brings everybody into the, you know, what can be sometimes a depressing and, you know, difficult uh, situation, yeah. you know, which is good. Of course it's good. Right. Just, you know, we're all in it and we're feeling a lot more now. Yeah. I, I've been playing a few uh, Yehi HaKodesh's today because of uh, yeah. Rosh Kodesh. And, Happy Rosh Kodesh. Yeah. Happy Rosh Kodesh. And I'm sure that... Uh, you know, you will uh, be doing the same tomorrow. So I get to I get to finish off uh, Tishrei. You get to start Cheshvan, uh, and I'm going to be playing uh, up next, which I guess you'll play tomorrow. Mayor Sherman's Yehi Hakodesh. Oh, we'll probably put it on at some point tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. But I um, look. I wish everybody a good Chodesh. And one one thing I'll selfishly say, and I'm sure you agree with me. Uh, during a week like this, boy, do we miss Mayor Weingarten. Yeah, I was about to say that. That's in my note here. It's true. I, I yeah. Yeah, because you get a, yeah. he, well, I don't think anything needs to be said more than that. We talked about him yesterday yeah. at the Shabbos table. And, uh, you know, <laughs> it, it's like we are saying, okay, what's Mayor going to say about this? Well, <laughs> yeah. there are a lot of things Mayor would say, but his insight in, in, uh, oh. would, would have been, uh, you know, good, but you, you know, we determined. We determined that unfortunately, the insight's going to be the same as we all feel. And I'm not talking about the preparedness. I'm I'm talking about that it's that the enemy is still there. That the world doesn't get it. And and how do you change that? And that's a you know tough tough call to make. Oh, I get that. I just wish I could hear it from him. But I, I get know, that. I know. Well, yeah, we can re- listen to past shows. No, it's <laughs> yeah, but nothing compares uh, to no. this. this is, I'm really I'm really curious how much he's yelling and screaming at me when I say certain <laughs> things because he would he would tell me when I'm wrong. He would tell me when I'm right. And, right, right, right. Uh, All right. Well, sure so he's, uh, I, I'm I'm going to ask you a little tough question, maybe because you're going to have a lot of people on. You said, what would you say is the focus that people should have? Over the next week or so, in in terms of how it's going to feel for them, meaning what for them not to feel uh, depressed constantly and things. What should be their focus? I mean, I can't, I can't, I can't handle the way people feel. If they want to be down the dumps, they can be. But I'll say, I think there's two things that people must keep at the forefront. Number one is uh, is is those who've been abducted. I mean, how how we cannot possibly. I mean, look, the the true Gedolei Torah would say and have said in past uh, generations you have to behave as if these are our own brothers and sisters to an extent obviously they are of course so i don't know how anybody can i don't know how people can gather yesterday in shul and it not be mentioned even the unity events that are taking place which right. are wonderful right. whether it's challah bakes or whether it's friday night dinners or whatever's going on mm-hmm. you have to mention them and 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 remind everybody that those are the ones we need to pray for the most right now in addition of course to the soldiers and the second thing I would say is, uh, look, there are a million great causes out there. Some of them, um, you know, I, I don't know if, the, if, you, if, if this works out with uh, the English language. I don't know if you could say that some are more legitimate than others, but I'll put it that way at least. Right. Some, are, some are, are really effective in what they're doing. Others maybe, you know, just starting out. So you have to be careful in terms of who you're supporting. Right. But I, I think people need to um, find, whether it is Robbie Moan's cause or others that we know 100% are, are are valid you have to find causes that are making a real difference and i'm not that's why 
you know, I'm a proponent of grilling for the IDF. I think it's a really important thing, <laughs> as silly as that might sound. Right. I'm a big proponent of what's happening now with the um, Sevet Peretz campaign mm-hmm. from Mizrahi with Rav Ramon right. uh, in honor of the Peretz family in order to, uh, to provide basic equipment that soldiers need. These are the types of things that we need to get involved with and stay involved with. Right. And uh, we'll continue to update people. Who knows how long this is going to go on? We'll continue to update people. Obviously, we, we are trying very hard to figure out the right time to go to Israel. But right now, we have an opportunity as we sit here in New York and New Jersey to get people around the world to focus more on what's happening with our brothers and sisters. Right. And, and one last thing that Khanna mentioned before, I asked her the question about um, terrorists still within the country. And she said that there is no surety that there's no it's not for sure that everyone is even out of the country, that they've captured everyone. Yeah. They have found people hiding in in date farms um, because they can survive yeah. on dates in the water. So in, in that, people should not think that it's over in Israel and they were just focusing on Gaza. Um, yeah. But the positive part is, like you said, as the time goes on, hopefully there will be a plan to rescue the hostages and to finally get oh, rid of get you know get rid of the enemy. And go from there. I hope so. Thank you, Nachum. I appreciate your being on and appreciate everything you do, as I'm sure the listeners do. And um to thank yeah. you again, Chodesh. Uh, we'll speak with everyone tomorrow morning. And thanks for all you do. It's uh, We never thought that these programs on Sunday would become as vital as they have. And look what you've created here every single Sunday live, speaking to the people on our network. It's much appreciated. Sure thing. Have a great day, Nachum. Take care. You too. Thanks. Nachum Siegel right here on JM Sunday. Thank you. And uh, we're going to go to Yihiyah Chodesh by Mayor Sherman because today is Rosh Chodesh. And, uh, you know, we it's a happy time. It's a, it's a new Chodesh, Chodesh Tov. We try our best. Here is Mayor Sherman with Yihiyah Chodesh on JM Sunday on the Nachum Siegel Network. <laughs> Uh-huh. 
today's show with Altira. Absolutely, those are good words to uh, keep in mind. It's going to be difficult times in the next uh, number of weeks, but uh, we will get through it. Nachum uh, joined me this morning. Thank you very much for that. And uh, Hannah Julian for an extended news from Israel. Nachum will be on tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. Eastern time. And... Uh, we will hear uh, hopefully more information, and like I said, things will be tough, but we will get through them uh, over the next number of weeks. Great program continues all day long on the network. Thank you for joining me this morning. God willing, I'll be here next week for another edition of JM Sunday right here on the Nachum Siegel Network. You've been listening to Matis Weingast and JM Sunday on NahumSiegel.com right here at the Nahum Siegel Network.